Hello listeners and welcome to the inaugural episode of The Weekly Huddle. I'm your host Patrick and alongside my longtime friend and colleague Kelvin, we're teaming up to bring you a unique take on all things tech. From global trends, events and topics in between, we'll be bringing long-form discussions about technology from the perspective of two people who work in the industry. And if you're like us and live in sunny Queensland, Australia, we'll also be keeping you up to date with upcoming tech events so you don't miss them because I don't open my emails from meetup.com either. This is the first of a 10-episode trial run of our podcast where we'll be discussing our predictions for WWDC, OpenAI, and more. Thanks for tuning in and let's get started. All right, let's do this. We finally made it. We've been trying to do a podcast for... We've tried to start... We talked about it for years... Then was it we decided, what, four weeks ago we were going to do our first episode recording? And then I was sick every single week since then until now. Yeah, we had a lot of ideas. Every time, every time we had an idea, um, the ideas just went away because it was no longer <laughs> relevant. Our plan was to talk about Google I.O. And then we we're going to talk about Amazon getting rid of serverless. And now that's old news. I've sort of forgotten about all those things. I don't remember anything that happened at Google I.O. <laughs> I actually want to touch on quickly, if we have time, just looking back at all of the amazing announcements that happened high level at Google I.O. And has it made any difference to our lives being developers that are working in the AI space at the moment? I really would like yeah. to touch on that at some point. Yeah, that'd be very interesting. You know, spoiler alert, I feel like it hasn't made any difference. Products that I actually wanted out of Google I.O. aren't even coming to Australia, so there's no point. Like, It's like, why did I tune in to see something you won't let me have? Yeah, that's right. It's like, look at all these amazing developer tools that you don't have access to yet. <laughs> yep. Look at this cool internal tool that we're not releasing. Yeah, yeah. Or the tools that we do have, they're just not very good. <laughs> like Bard <laughs> is not very good. It's... It's more up to date than ChatGTP, mm. and so sometimes the answers that you get from it are a little bit more relevant. Um, but it's just not very good, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got a feeling that's also going to be a priority of OpenAI's moving forward is to somehow because we've noticed that the GPT four model internally as well has gotten less capable, and I feel like part of that is also you've noticed that uh, Chat is just gotten a little bit faster. I think they're trying to catch up with Bart a little bit and integrate real-time results through browsing and plugins, etc., and get that sort of performance somewhere closer to a Bart level, because GPT is just genuinely slower, although it's much higher quality. Yeah, well, so like was our experience on GPT 3.5 versus 4 in, in the chat that we're making, it's mm-hmm. you can tell why they use it for plugins, right? Because 3.5 is just not capable of the nuanced conversation that it needs to be able to decide like you tell it i want to do this and it needs to like have in mind okay i've got all of these capabilities that i can do such as talk to these mm-hmm. apis and 3.5 is just hit and miss whether or not it'll actually work out what you want to do whereas 4 is super reliable but you're right it was yeah. so slow and like the reason we're looking at 3.5 is because 4 is so slow yeah, and also it's got the memory of a goldfish, right? You can remind 3.5 what it's supposed to do in every message and it will just forget. Yeah. And it will just like leak internal things that you gave in the system prompt or something like that. It'll be like, oh, by the way, this is what you told me at the beginning and just like, and just, like divulge all of your internal prompting <laughs> secrets to the user. I, um, I, I just feel like um, in o- true OpenAI fashion, they're just swapping the model out under the hood and monitoring Twitter. <laughs> like yeah <laughs> there's some weird there's some weird ab stuff going on there it's kind yeah. of annoying that it's hit the a- api so because i get that it was happening in chat 
that's fine, right? That's a consumer-facing product at this point. It's no longer an experiment. Um, but the fact that they're now swapping out models in their APIs, or at least we think they're swapping out models in their APIs, which businesses are using daily, is uh, a little bit frustrating as an API consumer um, yeah, because we just noticed the behavior of yeah, right? Because the behavior of our product also just changes weekly and we have to bug fix something that wasn't a problem last week. Um, whereas, you know, they should just be releasing it under like a new model type that you can optionally switch to. Yeah. And at least give you some time to migrate to it. Exactly. Yeah, because they just have like the latest, like they have what the GPT-4 model and that's whatever yep. gets deployed latest. And they might mm-hmm. keep the previous one around. But when they were doing all that switching, they didn't let you know. There was no previous one to switch back to. Mm-hmm. It was just... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, changing randomly. But anyway, so... Anyway. Yes, that was completely off topic, but I think of, <laughs> of interest. And this uh, is why we started the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, we're talking about WWDC. WWDC is Apple's yearly uh, conference, which is their chance to unveil hardware, software, updates, operating systems make new announcements about their product line. And generally, I feel like um, pre-sell maybe their audience a little bit, what they're doing. It's, it's basically the hype train. Product. Yeah, yeah, it's the hype chain. A little bit of it is going to be for developers, but let's be honest, it's Apple. Most of it's just hyping you up to buy something. Uh, but the big news I feel coming out of this, the number one bit of news that everyone's talking about is Apple's VR headset or possibly AR headset. We're not sure what it is yet. We do know it's probably called the Reality Pro. Is that correct? That seems to be what the uh, audience is going for it. But we do have a beat on what its OS is probably going to be called. This is off a hot bit of information that's getting leaked out by developers. It's called XROS, um, which is very cool. Very, very Apple. My only question is, why is Apple building a VR headset in 2023? Yeah, I... Yeah, Apple typically only does things when they can do it well. You know, they'll wait. You know, they will be the last to the market and then come out and say that they're the first to market because, (laughs) and they get away with it because what they do is actually a viable product as opposed to a prototype or, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like Apple's not going to ship a folding phone until it is to the same quality as their other devices. Unlike Samsung, who's just like, well, let's just chip it, charge a lot for it, and see how we go. And then iterate yep. on it and improve it. But when Apple does release a folding device, you know, it'll be the best, you know, in their own words, the most incredible folding device that has ever been built. And it will be good. Like, uh, you, can't, you cannot deny it. the hardware will be extremely polished. Um, yeah. Even if its functionality may be lacking or what have you compared to Samsung and now Pixels are also in there. And also a dozen other manufacturers that have pulled out holding uh, phones recently and not so recently. Uh, it will be an extremely polished product, which was what will move it. And honestly, as, as, even as an Android user, I'll use it and say, damn, this is good. Like, I can't deny this is actually a really good product. Uh, but... I feel, did Apple not get the memo that VR, like the VR space, just to clarify, I'm a big fan, I've got a Vive, I love playing VR games, um, but VR is sort of, there's no, the, the market, I'm trying not to say it's a failed space, because it's definitely not a failed space, but it is, it's it's it's, it's, it's in a winter right it's now. It's close yeah. to a failed space, it's very close. People, the consumer demand just really isn't there as people was, were expecting it to be, and if Apple's headset is not considerably better than the competition, I just don't see it coming back. Um, 
And I certainly don't, I don't really see Apple's typical audience going for this either. Apple's typical audience is uh, everybody. You know, Apple, Apple phones and devices, for me at least, are, they're fashionable, right? There's the whole blue bubble versus green bubble thing. There's the, which one is going to look better in my Instagram photo, right? That was a real thing for a very long time. Yeah. And why people chose Apple devices, they just look better. And it's nice when I see my MacBook, and I'm like, damn, it looks good. Um, but unless Apple can, you know, I've had this like test, right? If their VR headset isn't Instagrammable, you know, if a teenager can't put the VR headset on at the beach and look good, is it really going to move people to actually go out there and get it? If for me, I just don't really see, is it for pros? I don't get it. What, what is the audience for this? And maybe, maybe the, we almost need a, like a proper Apple fanboy here. Yeah. To, as the gauge, because there are a lot of just like, proper Apple fanboys that will just buy anything that mm. Apple produces. And so there's probably enough of a market out there for this product to have a relative level of success, regardless of whether or not it's actually mainstream successful. Like they don't, Apple doesn't mm. need to bring any new people to the Apple ecosystem to buy this. Uh, yeah. But, but well, you know, if they, maybe they can I suppose is can Apple make a VR headset relevant in an AI world like can they come into this completely ignore all of the AI announcements ignore oh, we'll get to that <laughs> ignore we'll get the to fact that. that Meta shut it down yeah or, or maybe they'll just make a subtle dig at it they'll be like unlike you know you know what? You know how they have subtle digs. We built this in our spare time. It took two months and not five years and five billion dollars. <laughs> okay, but let's talk about the like. Could Apple pull this off? And if it's compatible with anything that isn't Apple, like if if this is like an actual uh, like technology step forward, if it's using some new lenses which are incredible and it's ultra detailed and it's very light on your face. I could see it if it's compatible with other things already, which means it'd have to be compatible with non-Apple computers, which I'm just not sure I see Apple really doing. If it can take well, that the, existing the Steam compatible library. with Windows, though. Like you can, there are a lot of iPhone Windows users. But I just, maybe, like, if, if I could play, if I could play, this is the big thing, I'd really love to replay Half-Life Alex sometime, which is a VR game from uh, Valve, um, okay. which is in the continuation of the Half-Life series. It's a really brilliant game, uh, but I only got it for my Vive, and a Vive is a first-generation uh, VR device, right? So it's yeah, you can really see the screen door effect on it. I'd love to play it on maybe the the, the Valve, as so the um, the um, Steam Index, I think it's called, where it's much better quality. I've heard people saying this is like, like an actual leap forward, right? Because it came out many years later. If it was that sort of quality, I would consider getting one. I wouldn't consider getting one if Apple is just going to do its usual thing and make it worth $5,000 or something like that because it will be expensive. Okay, so what it, what's the possibility then that Apple comes out and announces the developer edition? Because unless they came up with some deal with Steam where they take the majority of the revenue in a revenue split for all sales that go through the Steam store which they might do. I could see them coming out and saying, this will be Steam compatible. They don't have to tell well, they us. They would actually sell it on Steam. Maybe they could. They could make it Steam compatible without even selling it on Steam, then, right? They just need to... No, they just need to be able to install Steam on it and allow Steam games to run on it. 
And yeah, it, so we, 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 can, we can install Steam on uh, Mac, and but we can't install Steam VR on Macs yet, which is the software that will actually detect the headset and set up everything for you. Um, that would be very interesting. I think that probably would have been leaked at some point. I don't think Steam... Like, Valve isn't that good at keeping secrets. Yeah. <laughs> Apple is pretty good at keeping secrets. Yeah, and I, I don't see that happening because Apple likes to mm. own the ecosystem, you know, a.k.a. Yeah. the App Store. And so, yeah. like... I, that but they're getting under a lot of pressure at the moment to, you know, to get rid of that revenue split. So I could see them coming. Like, so that's one avenue I could see them going. It's like, they're like, okay, we're under all this pressure to allow other app stores in. Let's go and talk to Steam in advance. This could actually be their move, right? This could be their move to say to an antitrust suit that, hey, actually, can't you, can't you see? We allow other app yeah, stores yeah. in our VR and product. Then yeah. They just say to Steam, and nobody you can cares take 15% <laughs> and of that 15%, we take 10% of it and you keep five. And yeah. Steam might be, well, hey, you know, why not? Because, uh, you know, I'm still making money in a place that I'm not making money anymore and this is the best deal I'm going to get. So, mm. I don't know. Th- I, that wouldn't I be- really see this for Apple. I really see this as just being a released product, their own walled garden, and hey, developers, can you please create some new apps? Here's some apps that we made. I think, I, I just I don't think that this is just going to be an Apple thing. This is going to be an Apple's only thing. It's going to be Apple Games. It's going to be like the game center for the reality Pro headset. It's going to be like the PlayStation VR headset for the PlayStation. It's not going to work with anything else. And there's a lot of games already on the App Store. Mm. And so guaranteed, they have gone... Just like before they released uh, the... Was it Catalyst? Where you could run iOS apps on Mac desktop. It was a few years ago mm. they announced it and they were working with Atlassian to create a Jira app for the desktop using Catalyst. It's when our mate from uni, Rob, got up on stage and talked about it. Hey, Robbie. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. I'm just... I still, ah, Jira, well, <laughs> the first app you can make, you bring out Jira. <laughs> yeah, but, so, but in that vein, they would have had some like super sneaky NDAs go out to a whole yeah. bunch of game studios and, and they would have been like, all right, get your best game, here's the SDK, build it for it so that on WWDC day we can go live with a decent sized catalog of games ready to go mm. yeah you're right that's how they play it. that's what we're going to do and again that takes me back to my original point which is why VR isn't there's not some massive consumer demand I don't think I don't think they should they, why do they even feel the need to have a horse in this race I'm not even sure because it's just it's in a winter it's in a complete winter that market so two two reasons is my guess. One, yeah, they've been planning this for years. You know, they probably it's too late. <laughs> think about how far in advance Apple works. Right, they work yeah. in like twelve month release cycles. WWDC is their big event. They have a couple of releases throughout the year, but software wise, it's always WWDC. And so, you know, they probably started building this three years ago as you know, around the time that Apple is doing it and PlayStation is talking about it and there's a lot of hype about it. Then, mm-hmm. uh, not, not Apple, Facebook. Now, Facebook goes all in on this, what, last year or the year before? Rebranded, went to Meta and did a shitty job of it, but still managed to create enough of a hype that it makes it an interesting space to be in. And so Apple's right, like... the whole metaverse, right? That was yeah. a big thing, but I, I would, shouldn't Apple have seen through that? Like the metaverse hasn't happened. It hasn't eventuated. I think no. we all knew it wasn't going but to happen. But. Think about it like this. Mark Zuckerberg has dumped $30 billion into making a name for a product. 
So he is so basically Apple blinked. Apple blinked, right, and actually made a VR headset just to have something in this in the game. No, well they're just like, okay, well, Facebook has done all of this marketing work. They have got the snowplow yep. out and they've driven it through ah. and they've made a highway. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's a pretty shitty highway, but it's a highway that's there. And now I can just cruise down in my fancy car, <laughs> taking yep. advantage of the thirty my billion dollars that yeah, that's right. That yeah, that Apple, <laughs> uh, that Facebook has sunk into creating this space, and I can capitalize on it. What they didn't yeah. know when they started planning for WWCC this time last year was that OpenAI was going to come out and you know basically this completely table change flip, what the yeah, tech table market is the yeah. entire tech industry <laughs> and then meta's just gone okay well you know we effed up uh you know sack twenty thousand people pivot towards ai because otherwise we're not going to be relevant anymore and so apple's still on this massive train chugging towards this massive hardware release which they have probably spent billions of dollars on at this point and don't want to ignore and so hmm. why because A, it was relevant, you know, 12 months ago when they started. And B, you know, Facebook had already done all of this groundwork. And they're doing exactly the same thing they did with a lot of Android stuff. Android goes, does it kind of poorly, paves the way. Apple just swoops in with a polished product and says, hey, look what we've done. Steals it's the, the most amazing market. version of this. Yeah. Takes advantage of the marketing of everybody else. And boom, mm. makes a successful product. It's like, it's their playbook. Yeah, it's almost, I, I hate to say it, but a lot of the time I'm, I, I will just look at products that come out with other companies. I'm not naming any in particular, but I'm just going to say that, and I'll just think, I can't wait until Apple does this because they will do it right, right? They will actually put in the time to get that user experience flawless and make it actually feel like a good thing. But then as a, you know, as a tech worker, you'll also use it and just be like, damn, like, why do you have to flip it upside down and, and put the damn thing down just to charge it, right? <laughs> Every part of this experience is great until we started doing this. Like, this has kind of got off track. Like, what's happening here? Uh, John uh, Ivey, John Ivey, like, is amazing designer, but he yeah. just, you know what, like, form over function every day of the week. I think, I think what it is is that when, the, when it runs out of battery for him, he will just flip it and then leave the room. And so for him, it's not really a problem. He's never actually had to sit at a desk where he has to use one of these products 24 <laughs> seven as his job, right? He just sort of walks around like, ah, oh, yeah, just chat or whatever. Or, That's or he's, got, he's got literally 10 of them on his desk and it's like, oh, that one's Yeah, exactly. Battery. He just flips just, the next one. Yeah, yeah, flips the next Switch one. Switch to the next Mac, get a new one out of a box and just set it up. I, um, I, have, one more, I have one more point on that though. Um, mm-hmm. The other reason why now is the hardware. So Apple's silicon is, when we're talking about power um, for like, uh, for uses for power consumption, like power output for power consumption Mm -hmm. has, is unequaled in the market. Like their mobile chips are always faster than the Android equivalent significantly. I don't know what the exact numbers are, but we're talking anything from 10 to 40% faster. Yes, and so at that used less power and their M series of chips that they've been putting in the laptops and in their iPads has really demonstrated that. So what they can do that nobody else can is actually put like a big enough battery, like a big enough battery and a powerful enough chip in a headset to be able to make this a compelling experience that mm. nobody else can do. Like they might be able to make a headset that lasts 10 hours or 15 hours 
which nobody, maybe maybe that's an exaggeration, but nobody else. That's a big prediction you're coming out with there, people. <laughs> yeah, and maybe I'm wrong and getting carried away in it, but I just like what I'm not wrong about there is that nobody else has the chops. Nobody else has yeah. the chops to do that. Power. It will be a good product. Power I'm, 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 I'm dead certain no matter what, they'll still make the money back on it too. Yeah. Because they will sell enough units, right? There will be enough families who buy this for their kids because the kids want it for their iPads so they can play Roblox in VR, right? Perfect example. My niece will want one for her iPad so she can play games in VR. I guess it does... I can see it. I can see it. I just don't see why. And I, I don't see... I don't see... This is Apple's, and I know this is not their biggest priority now, but I also question whether they should have even just even gone through with this. Because um, we, we mentioned it slightly before, OpenAI flipped the entire industry on its head. And so far, Apple has been incredibly silent in their response. Google has just been all out, changed their entire... They, they were caught with their pants down on the entire AI uh, 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 developments from OpenAI, right? And with their own research, which is just humiliating. Um, and Microsoft then just funneled money into OpenAI like crazy because they saw an opportunity to catch up in AI. Before that, Microsoft's AI development was basically nothing. That was their AI development. And now they've gotten that opportunity to actually end Google's dominance in search and bring people over to Bing. Like, I can't believe I'm actually saying that. They're putting uh, ChatGPT directly into Windows or Bing Chat into Windows now. So it's going to be a slide out there. Um, Apple's response... What has Apple's response been to all these developments? It's been to release a yellow iPhone. Okay, but like the difference here is Apple's main revenue comes from its hardware sales, not software. But if you're the only, if you if you have like the, the thing is that the narrative around iPhones, and we're moving slightly around away from WWDC here, the, the narrative around iPhones lately has been. Why should I buy a new one? And this is something I hear commonly from very diehard Apple fans. I just don't... Why, why would I buy a new one? It's exactly the same. If you're going to then be the only phone player out there, Google has barred. You know, Microsoft has um, being... I don't know where that's going to end up on the Android space. Surely someone will use it. But phones will start shipping with large language models either on them or in the cloud. And your assistant on your phone is going to get a lot more conversational at some point. And if Apple doesn't keep up with that, that's True. gonna even though you know it's gonna it's gonna put but them you can out. Get, it's gonna put you can get Bing on your iPhone. You can get Apple on your iPhone. Like Siri's been behind. Google people don't system. want Bing on their iPhone. People don't want Bing on their iPhone. They want Siri on their iPhone. They want the Apple version. They don't want the Microsoft version. But like Siri hasn't been as good as Google Assistant since forever, and people still use it. So it just, oh yeah, but they they still insist it's better. Right? The thing yeah, is, they yeah. won't touch Google Assistant. They can get Google Assistant on their iPhone. They just don't want Google Assistant on their iPhone. They'll just put up with the Siri, which is frankly not as good as Google. Um, yeah, it doesn't understand as well. It's yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. But I think they've noticed that people don't care. You know, people just use Siri anyway. They still <sighs> buy the hardware. There's still be a limit where, you know, we're all sitting there with our Google cardboard boxes on, you know, the, the Android VR. Yeah, yeah. We're all, we're all talking to Bard in, in some sort of VR, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, like heaven or something like that. And an iPhone user is going to be like, oh, this kind of sucks, you know. <laughs> you brought up a really good point there, though. Why now? Because the people mm. aren't buying new iPhones in in the quantity that they used to buy them. Apple hardware is good and it lasts for years. My iPad, I had an iPad 2 
that I got, I've still got it and it still runs, but I got seven years of good use out of that. I have a 2011 MacBook Air, which still functions quite well. The mm-hmm. 2022 iPad Pro I bought will probably do me six years. Uh, I'll probably get a new one in the meantime, but like that iPad will go to Natty and then go to Kyle. Um, my yeah. laptop will probably, I'll probably use it for another 12 months and give it to Natty and get another one, but you know, she'll use it for forever. So mm-hmm. why now? Why produce a VR headset? Because they need a new segment to increase sales. And it's more important now than ever because they make their money out of hardware, not out of software. And so, you know, the software money is going to the open AIs, to the Googles, to the whatevers. So Apple needs yeah. a new hardware segment to drive sales. It's the only, where else can they go? It's the only other space really that's got a large enough potential market segment to, to dive into. I feel like they also may have been banking on a new hardware segment probably the apple car i think the apple car was a plan i think that was very real for a very long time um but i just don't think it worked out for them i think they may have realized it's either too difficult to produce the vehicles or it's just the market isn't isn't what they were hoping it would be it's going to be too cutthroat or it's going to be unsustainable for their product to actually exist in that market yeah um you know a lot of car manufacturers are going out of out of out of uh out of money very very commonly and not only that but a lot of startups are trying to get into car manufacturing and they just fail a year or two later or they rack up enormous amounts of debt and then fail to produce a vehicle at all well um, so was it dyson vacuum cleaners he spent <laughs> dyson spent a billion yeah. dollars of his own money on a car and gave it up yeah and gave it up yeah yeah but dyson also made that do you see the headset that dyson came out with that's yeah. also yeah, oh god. Yeah, the MKB also purifies the air in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, that's just like the most. What we should have a whole podcast on what the tech products, right? Like, what were they thinking? <laughs> I kind of agree with the opinion, MKBHD opinion there at the at the end of the video where they basically talked about it being like a loss leading product. They just built it because it's garbage and it'll get a, it'll look stupid, but it'll get a lot of press. You I just, didn't even think it was real. <laughs> you, take, you take the loss because it creates enough hype about your your company, and like people aren't going to stop buying Dyson vacuum cleaners because they've created a crappy headset. No, they'll just go, "Oh, that." I'll was, be honest. I, I, I didn't buy an iRobot because of this. I saw this headset, and I'm just like, oh, "Sorry, I, I didn't buy one of their vacuums because I saw this headset, and I was just like, there's no way I'm buying a robot vacuum off these people.' What the hell are they thinking?" The robot vacuum, <laughs> the Dyson robot vacuum, actually looks really good. I was looking at the video on it and just the, the shape as well that it get into the corners properly and it's got that little mm. vent that sticks out the side to be able to get right ah. up against the wall. Nah, just get a, get a D-Bot, mate. You get a lot more for your money, I'll tell you that. I haven't looked at um, how much the Dyson ones are. They're probably like $10,000. They're a lot more expensive than the D-Bot, I'll tell you that. And anyway, back else. to WWDC. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never get through this. The next one is also the 15-inch MacBook Air is potentially coming up uh and on top of that we're also going to get the new m3 maybe and the m3 chip uh coming out soon as well when do you think that's going to happen the m3 i also want to know is it too soon to release another m3 is is one a year what we're going for here is it just going to be m does m3 2023 is that how they're doing this yeah i don't know when did the m2 come out i didn't i didn't check that in advance probably a year ago yeah, so 2022 M2, 2020. But it was late in the year, wasn't it? It wasn't at WWDC. 
it would have been it. Yes, it, it, it sort of came on the tail end, and we don't have everything with an M2 just yet. It, M2 hasn't hit every product line. No, because there's no M2 Ultra yet, is there? No, the M2 Ultra is something we're hoping to see as well. So, I think in this space, yeah, I, I would be, I'd be surprised if we saw an M3 this year. Just going on gut, I got nothing to base it on, but. Uh, mm-hmm. We haven't seen an M2 Ultra yet, so I could see them coming out with the M2 Ultra in the in the Mac Studio, and potentially a Mac Pro. Like if you were going to release a Mac Pro, so if Apple is to follow their strategy of capitalizing on hardware sales and their chips in this market where hardware is super important. For tra- you know, for training, for training models, for running models, like you know, running stable diffusion models locally, yeah. all of these. But all these things, like yeah, but no- normally the whole training thing that always gets pushed to the cloud, right? That's not really something that happens on a hardware locally. And if it is, it will normally happen on a computer that's equipped with something like an NVIDIA um, uh, Radeon right. card. Or something and like how that. much money is NVIDIA making right now on their GPUs? So oh, massive amounts, massive amounts. And what if you can then create like a Mac Pro with M2 Ultras and that can take a bunch of NVIDIA GPUs? What if you could spend, I can't remember what our monthly training bill is at Splash, but it's not cheap. We're talking at some points, it's Very been in the ten, tens of, of thousands yeah. of dollars a month. Yeah. Uh, don't quote me on that, but it's been somewhere around there. So imagine if you can buy... And that's buy, on Google, right? That's all on Google Cloud. Uh, yeah. I think we're all on Google Cloud now. Mm. Um, so imagine you could spend 20000 or $30,000 on a machine at home and like you're paying it off monthly anyway. And so that has amazing like dual M2 Ultras connected to a bunch of NVIDIA GPUs. Now you're making money on hardware because if you're a training, like if you want to run training, you don't have to have a series of machines. You know, you can just have one machine that is capable of training faster than if you offloaded it to the cloud. I could see a play in that. Yeah. It would be very convenient, especially for, you know, developers in in our company as well. If they could just, because we're we're basically Mac majority here anyway, right? I feel like that's most tech companies that you walk into. It's just like a sea of Apple laptops (laughs) and glowing Apple logos looking back at you. If you didn't have to push that up to the cloud or ultimately, like obviously the the, the, the workloads you can accomplish in the cloud are always going to be greater and much, much more efficient um, just because of the nature of what it is, right? But if you can at least do some modeling locally, yeah. you know, if you can leave a job running over the weekend on your MacBook, that might be kind of cool, um, potentially. I also want to know, because the AI that's been built in, or at least, you know, they, they claim there's a lot of um, a, a lot of customization in their silicon to, for AI, right? Yeah, for yeah. AI models to run. We don't really see a lot happening with that. They say it's for audio processing, I think. Or, uh, it's mainly using the cameras, like in most of their hardware. It's for you know all yeah. of their computer vision and augmented reality, which I feel like is very minor. I feel like it's a very minor application. I'd love to see if we could actually get something a bit more uh, task demanding running in in these in these ships. Something well, they, like they an LLM. Ship, and see what happens there. They did ship an update so that you can run stable diffusion on the M1 chips locally. Hmm. And so again, I can definitely see the hardware play here, even if even if you're not going down the training path. 
Yeah. I, okay. And I could definitely see Apple coming out with these Mac Pros that are stackable and puttable in a rack that you could buy as a server farm. And actually cost per flop ends up being cheaper just because of how damn efficient they are, even though the hardware is efficient, uh, even though the hardware is expensive. Because it's cost per just, flop. Yeah, right? I just feel like Apple's moved away from that whole space. They used to have the computer that you could pull apart and upgrade and do but all but these the things. The Mac Pro is still that thing, right? Like the cheese grater is, it? is that it is that thing, right? Yeah. But they've been having problems getting external GPUs to work with their M chips, and so you know the reason they're so fast is because of the shared memory. And so, how do you get that to work mm. with an external GPU? I don't know. But there's a lot of smart people working on that, so that's a possibility. But Putting that aside, engineers. the other possibility <laughs> There's a lot of poor engineers. <laughs> the other possibility is if you can, in the cheese grater, there is a lot of ML workloads you could get running locally. So yeah. you think about Photoshop and all the work that they've just done to integrate stable diffusion and generative, M- or oh, I don't know if it's stable diffusion, but generative AI into their products. If you mm. can run all that locally and super fast, or imagine like all of these uh, machine learning based videos that are coming out. If you can make that run insanely fast and like render out videos at insane speeds. At, at, at the level of like CUDA cores NVIDIA, that would be something else. Cause I feel like NVIDIA is just absolutely dogpiling. They, they know they had a head start on this. They know that, they, uh, that they've got the market, right? People are using NVIDIA cards and they are just doubling down hard on that. They're basically turning NVIDIA into an AI um, yeah. hardware company at this point, right? They're moving away from consumer graphics and more towards this AI. And so like, that, that's the interesting part. Do they, does Apple mm. compete? Do they come out and go, well, we are the only other serious silicon manufacturer that can compete with NVIDIA and come out with their own GPUs that work with their own hardware in their own Mac Pros? Or do they get in bed with the enemy and go, well, they're killing it. We need a machine that people can put those cards into. And then they just make the Mac Pro work with those types of GPUs. I don't, that would be interesting. I feel, I, I, Apple needs to do something. I feel like their entire product line at this point is just, hey, Macs are great laptops, continue using Macs. We do a lot of video editing on a Mac. Buy a Mac, right? That's the whole thing. It's the computer that you use while you're at work and the computer that you want to use while you're at home. Um, is that going to last forever? I feel like I feel like there's a lot of other interesting developments happening in the computing space when Apple's entire approach to the market has just been, here's your new iPhone for the year, here's your new MacBook for the year, here's your VR, AR headset for some reason. <laughs> Have fun <laughs> with the two games you can play. Um, I can see that what as is, a what is approach their play? for me. Sorry. Yeah. Like, I can see that as like, okay, we need to, I get hardware sales as our primary business. Mm-hmm. We need to increase our hardware sales. So how can we do that? Well, you've got consumer products and you've got uh, business products. Now, you know you're going to get a certain percentage of iPhone users upgrade this year. So now we need to grow that or bring that back to the levels it was when everybody bought a new iPhone every year. So we add a new consumer segment, which is the VR headset. It doesn't have to do super well. It's kind of like, but it's another device that another Apple device that people can buy that they'll keep for a few years and then they'll end up upgrading. So, and the first one doesn't have to be good. You know, it has to be good enough to get the Apple hardcore fanboys to buy it. 
And then they release a better version of the Fold, like the Apple Watch. I better use the Series 2 and then the Series 3. And by the Series 3 or Series 4, it's amazing and everybody's buying it. And now they've got this new segment. Plus, they got four years of, you know, one to four years of the fanboys buying a new product every year. And it boosts sales and you can them segment. Then, like, you've got the AI space. And the whole, the whole tech industry is being table flipped. And it's all like, holy shit. And so what, what do you do there? How do you capitalize on that as a hardware company instead yeah. of a software company? You capitalize on the, the AI space as a hardware company. And you either you make running ML models or training ML models or both of them amazing. And so they have to do something. Yeah, they have to do something, right? Because Microsoft is just going all out on this. They're throwing AI into every product they have. It's generally, it's actually amazing. It's not theirs, right? Let's be frank. Microsoft didn't create this advancement. It came from OpenAI. Who cares? They got full source yeah. code. I, I, I agree. It just feels a little bit unfair. Um, whereas Google is, um, they sat on it for so long that they didn't actually develop it or learn about it. And I heard, I actually did hear the culture difference internally was, you know, open AI, people are super psyched, things are getting done every single day. Whereas at Google, people would just go home or say they're going on vacation and then yeah, we'll see you on Monday and we'll talk about it then, right? Yeah, that was yeah. the whole difference in, in the cultures for them in their AI spaces. Um, so it's no wonder they got themselves into this situation. But uh, my point being is that Google has got the memo. They are, you know, um, Sundar Pichai has most definitely come out and said that they are an AI company now and we are going to see AI like into different an products. AI company forever. They just <sighs> dropped the ball. They were. And that's the thing. They the were, were always an AI company. Yeah. And there's like, there's so much AI in Android that like, there's things that I forget about sometimes. Like even the, even the, the, the brightness detection and screen brightness detection is an AI model in Android. It slowly the, learns your preferences. The on-device speech recognition is brilliant yeah it's brilliant and it's so quick as well even um, just as good as whisper so even just like you can go into the multitasker and then select yeah. test select text out of the multi oh. have you tried that yeah. i do that all yeah, the yeah, time the ocr yeah it's fantastic it's fantastic there's just like there's so much ai packed into android and, and in a way that you don't notice as a consumer and it's like a nice feature and when your iphone friends see it they're like oh that's cool I'm like, yeah, you know, it is kind of cool. Did, did I mention it's an AI? You know, it's like one of those tech things. Did I mention it's artificial intelligence? Um, but it wasn't anything that was really mind-blowing. Whereas now Microsoft is going out there and putting mind-blowing GPT-4 raw model into all of their products, into Excel, into Word, into PowerPoint. I don't know how they'll do that. Um, into everything. Even, even into Windows itself is going to get GPT-4 speech so you can just talk to it. It won't be like the Her movie. It's not going to be that far yet. I'm sure there's a million people working on that in yeah. Silicon Valley. Maybe Apple's working on it. Maybe that's their big play. You can actually have a conversation with Siri. And what is Apple's response to this? How is Mac OS? Mac OS still doesn't have touch. I mean, a lot of people say it doesn't need touch. It needs touch if they want to do it. There is you know. nothing more infuriating than using my, Mac, my iPad as a second screen, yeah. which I do all the time. And mm -hmm. it's a great second screen. It's like by far the best kind of like portable second screen I've got like I you know I use it as a screen yeah. my map I go to tap the damn thing because it's like oh I just want to select that thing <laughs> and it doesn't work it's like I've got the most amazing one of the most amazing touchscreen devices sitting here with stuff on it and I can't tap it because the operating system $4,000 laptop yeah. $4,000 iPad and you can't yeah, <laughs> they yeah. get it but that's the thing it's like even they could have hacked it right they could just like literally made it so it works but then shouldn't it be something that has 
been on their radar for a long time. Microsoft went all into touch. It, it, and it has been on their radar good. for a long time. I just think they haven't made the right decisions. Like they've, well, they've been the slow play, right? Of they're slowly unifying all their operating system cores so that they, because yeah. Mac OS um, had a completely different underpinning than say iPad OS and iOS. And so, and is that being changed? Is that is that is that being adjusted? They are, are we definitely going to see unifying more of them. iPad OS or vice versa. Well, they're unifying the very the lower pinnings, right? That's why you can run iOS apps on a Mac now because it's not just the silicon; it's also the fact that the core libraries are now the same. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. I don't know, but for me, I before before we actually had this conversation, I couldn't see the play. I couldn't see Apple's play. I can see the play now. Like if I, from what we've discussed, it's actually pretty clear for me now. Nothing else, I don't really, nothing else to me is really relevant. Like I don't really care about the updates to mm. Mac OS. Well, actually maybe let's just touch on the Mac, the Mac OS updates a bit and then we'll, we'll circle back. Because like, well, I don't know, what do we expect to see? Do, we, do, do you think they've teamed up with somebody to get like improvements to Siri in the latest OS? Like, do we think we'll get an LLM baked into the OS somewhere or some so Siri So if you pay attention to Twitter, Twitter is very um, absolutely bogged down by spam about how Apple will have a master plan for LLM and they've had one since day one of ChatGPT or something like that. I think it's complete rubbish. I think their plan is going to be what their plan was to Google Assistant and... Uh, whatever uh, Cortana was at the time, which is just to buy a company. They're going to buy a, pro- a solution to their problem. At some point, they will buy some unknown Silicon Valley company that has worked on some large language model approach or some other approach, which is going to give them conversational AI. Or the alternative is they're going to go to Google and rent their API with Bard. I cannot see... And actually, this is an absolute brilliant move by Microsoft when they got OpenAI... They completely locked out Google of ever considering paying them for access for ChatGPT or GPT APIs mm. and Apple. There is no way in my mind that I can see Apple paying Microsoft for access to their large language model APIs. I just well, don't see it. Even though it's not directly Microsoft, I just don't see it. If it was Facebook, they'd do it. Microsoft do team up with Bing and cut out Google. I could see that. That's a brilliant move, right? <laughs> because there's still you the reckon? grudge there of like, you know, Android ripping off Apple. I can see them just going, well, screw you. Let's just integrate Bing. We're going with the devil. Yeah. We're going with our arch nemesis. Siri. Maybe. Si- yeah, Siri. Some sort of Siri integration with... Because it's big money for, uh, for Microsoft. Like, Microsoft Office on Mac is a huge money spinner. So... Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I could somehow s- that's still the default in the industry. I'm not sure yeah. how Microsoft Office keeps getting away with it. So, the, like, what they could the the deal could be something like Siri gets access to ChatGTP for you know like a language model like ChatGTP for conversational AI and Siri, and Bing becomes the default search engine in Safari. I could see that. That hmm. like that's a total kick in the. It's like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Did it? Like, I could definitely see Apple. I could see that. And, and, and the other, like, the, the same way, you're, you know, you're right, which is that Microsoft is not OpenAI. They have a significant interest in OpenAI and they've yeah. really bought their way and, into and the company. And they've bought OpenAI, yeah, to... OpenAI's money. Yeah, the OpenAI's money is not Microsoft's money. 
Mm. Right? It's going to some new for-profit subsidiary, which is paying out, you know, all their top people. Yeah. <laughs> Very large amounts to get around the not-for-profit that they once were. Um, but it's not like they're putting money directly into Microsoft's product. They will be inadvertently funding improvements to Microsoft's products because OpenAI will have more money to do more training and more research and yeah. this and that. Um, but they're not going to be putting you know money into the Windows developer team private pockets anyway. And I don't think it would help them at that point anyway. Um, potentially. Potentially, you're right. They could just go with ChatGPT. But I also think that wouldn't really be very Apple of them, if you know what I mean. They also have a pre-existing uh, 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 relationship with Google. All of Apple's iCloud storage is just Google Cloud storage uh, under the hood. That's all Google hosted. A lot of their products under the hood are actually powered by Google uh, Data Center or Google Cloud Solutions. So there is that relation that's set up already. But I just don't really... Um, yeah. I don't see... I don't see. I feel like Apple would want to go rogue on this. I just don't. I just don't feel like any of them really would really fit into Apple's plan at the yeah. moment. And that's you why, know what I mean. That's why. That's why I'm not. I just don't know that there'll be anything interesting, anything super interesting, because there wasn't anything super interesting in the Mac OS and iOS updates last year to me. Like I'm sure for the hardcore fanboys, there was a whole bunch of, and like there's camera improvements and stuff like that. But for me, you know, it wasn't super exciting, and I just don't see this year this operating system updates being all that exciting i'm not that interested in swift anymore like i don't get me wrong i love swift as a programming language i think it's amazing but i just for me it's not super relevant because i don't want to make stuff that just runs on apple and apple Mm -hmm. doesn't really facilitate swift oh the swift programmers would go off at you if he says stuff like that mate be like oh don't you know you can also use swift for web development yeah you can run it on server it's like you can you run it anywhere man you can run rust in the browser and you know and like (laughs) it's an amazing language but you shouldn't use it for it and so i don't know i just i don't see a lot of i can make python run on android remember that pitch i was going to make an android app out of python and uh, the conversation just sort of ended there (laughs) (laughs) so and i don't think I don't think Apple will go down the partnership route. I don't, I don't, just don't see it. Because I just don't see that for this. This is too important. Bing's just not a polished enough product for Apple. It's not like no. it's, and so and Apple hasn't had enough time to do an LLM properly. So when no. my guess would be when Apple heard about ChatGTP last year, they're like, okay, you know, we got blindsided here. So did everybody else. What are we going to do about it? And then from there, they made like an 18-month plan to, for like, you know, Mac OS 15 or whatever it is that's coming out next year. And now they're working on it. And they've got a dedicated team like working on that shit. And between now and then, you know, they just stick to the hardware guns. Right? And that's what I was saying. Like for me, I, like the plan is clear to me now. Yeah. Another consumer product, just like the watch, doesn't have to be great to begin mm-hmm. with. Iterator, it's still going to be the best in the market, even if it's not like that great. And and that's and good enough for Apple. It. And people will buy the fan. And, I, and I'll see it. people buy it yeah. and I'll be jealous. Yeah. Yeah. And no, that, I agree. That, that, that'll happen, right? You get four years of, I'm repeating myself now, but you get four years of the fanboys and then slowly get bigger market share. Boom. Tim Cook solves that problem, right? It's like a new product. So people aren't buying as many iPhones, but they're buying something else, Apple. And because products last so long, Apple products last so long, people feel good investing a large amount of money in a piece of hardware because they think they'll get a number of years out of it. So that's one side. And the other side is the the Mac Pro. 
or at least the ultra or something, some hardware that allows them to capitalize on the fact that now's a hardware, it's a hardware game and like there's an AI software and a yeah. hardware game. And yep. everything else for me is and in, and in the meantime, startups everywhere they still need to buy laptops for all their employees, right? The majority of them are still going to buy Apple MacBooks yep. regardless of the price markup. Yeah, and um, I suppose the only interesting announcement software-wise will just be uh, the ability to run models e- more easily locally. Like if, you, if they came out and said, you know, it's super easy to run an optimized um, LLM and image like Stable Diffusion and, you know, Claude or mm. one of the other LLMs out there on your Mac Pro. That's a big win for development, right? I can now run it locally. I can do it for testing. I can run my image editors locally. So I think that's the, the software improvement that most interests me. Everything else will just be fluff. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with you. I, I also think that there's sort of like this comparison. You know, I keep I was joking about the yellow iPhone earlier, which actually looks really nice, by the way. I think they picked a really good shade of yellow. Oh, I thought you were Have taking you a piss. That? I haven't even seen the yellow iPhone. No, it's 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 a beautiful banana yellow. It looks like looks like one of those candy bananas that you eat. I love those those those, um, those lollies as well. So whenever I see it, I just get I just get really hungry for some sugar. But I feel like for them, releasing colored iPhones is almost like how a live service game works at this point. You know, where you just like release a new, like how we do it with um, Splash App. With Splash App, we'll release some new packs every yep. couple of weeks and we keep the users, like keep that engagement going. For Apple, you release a new colored device <laughs> just to keep the market happy, to get all the people and buy the new phone. You know, oh, I wish I got the yellow one. I should go trade in my red one and um, all these sorts of things. It does. It does drive sales. Like you know what I mean. Yeah. It's a, it's it's an interesting way just to get a sales boost mid year, mid cycle, right? Because you always. I wish we had it for a pixel line. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, the pixel line's pretty dull. Unfortunately, they got some beautiful colors when they come out, but um, that sort of is the limit of it. You get the three whatever op- whatever three options they choose, and normally when you get the XL line the XL line will be more boring than whatever the, the non-XL line is. And so if you want to get the really good colors, you have to pay for the cheaper device, which makes no sense. I should have got the cheaper one. Like, at the Pro, because I felt like I was, fear, you know, FOMO, thought I was going to miss out on something. Yeah. And I would have preferred just having a flat screen. Regret? Yeah. I just don't I use really any of the Pro if stuff. Got that, uh, I would have loved if I could have got the Pixel Fold. I would, oh, the, the price tag would have been too much for Australia. It would have been like $3,000. It's not even available in Australia? No, they're not bringing it out here. And part of me is also that... Australian consumer warranty. We're a small market and our government's a pain in the ass. (laughs) I think, honestly, I think the big part of it was that they would have just seen the price in America done whatever translation it is to Australian <laughs> dollars plus the, you know, the, 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 we call it the Australian markup, right? Where the things are just more expensive here for whatever reason. You know, people always just claim because it costs money to ship it. It doesn't cost that much money. Yeah, we're closer um, to China. But it's actually cheaper to ship it here. Yeah, it's a shorter distance from the factory. I think they would have actually just seen that and just been like, oh, yeah. people in Australia are not going to pay They'll that. They'll be spending $3,000 <laughs> on your, your first generation folding phone. Not a chance, especially, especially not on a first generation folding phone. But, um, you know, part of me just maybe, 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 maybe would have, um, even, even though it's a smaller device, I really wish it was like the XL. Did you also see there was news that there was an, a second foldable phone that they canceled? Oh, I didn't, no? Yeah, they, we don't know what it was. We don't know anything about the form factor. Was it an XL uh, pixel fold? Not sure. But it's also possibly could have been an answer to Samsung's Z, uh, Z Flip 
So the oh, one that yeah. flips up like the old style phone. They said it wasn't up to their internal quality standards, which for Google is saying something because they release some pretty <laughs> shaky products on time. And oh. I'm saying that as a big Google fan. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you get some hardware and it's like, ooh, I shouldn't have bought that one. Their tablets, <laughs> their tablets have been notoriously garbage. Oh, big time. Yeah. What about the Pixel tablet? You think you're interested in that? Nah. Uh, no. Yeah, neither am I. I just, if I, I was going to get a tablet, I would, I would probably get an iPad, to be honest. Yeah. I can't, like, this is, this is this the, that objective look at Apple now. It is the best at doing the things that they do. And I think I would probably want, like, just, I've seen iPads. I've seen people use them. The iPad Pros, they're gorgeous devices. And that Pixel uh, tablet just doesn't look like a gorgeous device. It's also, like, supremely useful. Like, the fact that I can... You know, draw on it. I can use it as a reading device. Yeah. I can use it as a second screen. I'm sure you can do that on the Google one as well, right? But, but I can also <laughs> use it as a second screen or I can use the continuity and mm. use it as a separate device. So like when I'm developing an iPhone yeah. app, I've had like the dev and prod versions running side by side on the iPad Pro, both connected to the debugger and using the keyboard and mouse from my laptop on both of them on the Pro at the same time. Like, Nothing beats that in terms of productivity. I've tried to use my mm. Surface laptop for anything on my Surface Pro, and it's useless. It's not a good second screen. It's a slow, crappy device. It's just useless. Whereas, you know, it's not yeah. a good reading device. The touch input is garbage. Whereas the you know the iPad nails it across every segment. So. Back in the day, my Surface Book was the really, if you got the dock set up and you sort of like flipped and reversed the screen, so you used it as like a second screen and it's like reverse mode and you had like a big screen there. That was awesome. It was really good at that sort of thing. Um, uh, having said that, uh, it's just, it just hasn't kept pace. The new surfaces just aren't yeah. there. Well, I think we're going to have to wrap it up. We've been going for a while. Yeah, I agree. I think we've excellent. done a, a a lot of recording. I hope anyone finds anything interesting out of everything that we just said. I, I think we've cracked the master plan of Apple at WWDC this year, so we need to put it out. Oh, there. We didn't even touch on the. Uh, we didn't even touch on some of the stuff. TV OS seventeen, Mac OS fourteen, uh, Watch OS ten. But I, like, I just. I don't think That's we need to. This is like what's if interesting you're a hardcore Apple fanboy, which we're not. Yeah, tune into The Verge if you want to listen to that shit. That's not what you're getting here. Yeah. I honestly think we touched on the most important things. Is like, why and who cares? You know, it's like, mm. why a headset yeah. and who cares? What's the strategy there? Uh, and what fucking crack were they smoking at the bloody Big Apple spaceship when they came up with that idea? I'm really looking forward to doing this again next week and actually seeing how far off the mark we were in terms of their strategy oh well well uh you know we're gonna do this every week and so this one probably won't go live anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, actually you know what's great if this one really sucks and we decide not to release it we don't have to and next week we can start out by what happened at wwdc yeah. hey <laughs> look at all this cool stuff that's what i thought they'd do the vr headset excellent move excellent move by apple and if, if nothing else, you know, I'll throw this in my Google Photos uh, and, you know, there'll be something in there for Kyle to watch when he's older. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Audience <laughs> of one. Lock it away so he can't watch it until you die. Too embarrassing.